Amen. Amen. She can pray, can't she? Amen. The presence of the Lord is here, and it's time to be delivered. It's time to be able to recognize how good God is, and that it's time to move forward. And we do need to look back at what God's done so that we can face what's in front of us. Amen? What's facing you? What's facing you? Let's go back and let's remember who God is. David showed up to Goliath, and and he's like to the children of Israel, don't you know who God is? What are you doing hiding behind these rocks? Don't you know who God is? Yeah, but look at that giant. Don't look at the giant. Look at the Lord. So I want to encourage you. Take that word that she gave this morning. Amen. Okay, well, I'm going to try to wrap up today the whole armor of God. So let's just dive on in. We're going to go back and start at the very beginning. uh, Back to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. A final word. If you ever hear that, that's pretty important. To wrap things up, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We have been for weeks in the armor of God. So I want to tell you a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Everybody say all. All the strategies of the devil. Four, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. I'm sorry, I'm going to continue to summarize. We are facing mighty strongholds. We are facing mighty rulers and enemies, mighty powers. These things that we face are big. Amen? Therefore, because of what we're facing, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from good news that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts, the arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. These are commands. This is not a game we're playing. This is war. This is life and death. This is victory and failure. This is your walk with the Lord. It is to be a walk of victory. Your walk is to be a walk of victory. Stand firm. Put on the whole armor of God. Not just the piece you like. Because when you leave pieces out, you leave open areas for the enemy to get to. And let me tell you, the enemy is strong and knows where your gaps are. Put on the whole armor. Finally, today, pray in the Spirit at all times and in every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So as we wrap up the entire armor of God, what does he say to do? After we've put on all the armor, 
Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. When in spiritual battle, when at spiritual war, when we are in a spiritual war, it's not time for prayer requests. Did you hear me? This isn't the time to give your requests. This is the time to pray in the Spirit according to God, according to His armor. It's time for battle. My battle, I must be praying in the Spirit. I'm going to show you what that means. Not praying, and I want to kind of highlight, I've already highlighted the the word in, because I want you to think about that. I've really had the Spirit of God speaking to me this week about this word in. Pray in the Spirit. Not your words. Don't pray in the flesh. Don't pray in the world. Don't pray your desires. Not your fusses. Not now. That's not the time for this kind of for that kind of prayer. There is a time for your requests and for your stuff, but it's not in war. In war, it's time to pray in the spirit. Do you hear me? All right, we're going somewhere. Inside you, if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have received the Spirit of Christ. Amen? The Spirit of Jesus. We are going to pray His way. Different language. So can we reread this? Pray in the Spirit. Can we say pray in English? Pray in another language? Pray in the world, pray in the flesh. Can we see that there is differences in this word in? Pray in the Spirit. I do believe that it means to pray in other languages or to pray in tongues as it talks about in the New Testament, but I don't believe that's all it's talking about. Me praying in the Spirit is not just praying in my prayer language because I can tell you that my language is not the same as the Spirit's language. I speak differently. All we have to do is go to Indiana to hear a different language. I'm not kidding, it changes. All I've got to do is talk to a few of you. And I realize you're not from around here, are you? And you know what the enemy would do when he's ready to take you down and we start speaking in our language? You know what he would say? You're not from around here, are you? You're not speaking the right language, and I've got you. We must change our language. Elizabeth and I once went to a, an ex, uh, a car wash and lube conference. Um, it was maybe in Las Vegas or somewhere, and we're just hanging out with other lube and wash people. I mean, you can imagine. Uh, it wasn't Comic-Con, but it was similar. And we're sitting there with a group of people, and I ask where they're from, and they say, mean. And my wife goes, bing? And I'm like, honey, Maine. They're from Maine. Oh, well, that isn't what they said. Yeah, they said mean, but that's how they say it. We must pray in the Spirit My language, my personal language is different than my spirit language, than the spirit's language. And again, I'm not just talking about tongues. I'm talking about speaking the spirit's language. 
I'm going to just jump for just a moment and talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If we look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I want you to catch this. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. This is John. Okay? I baptize with water and those who repent of their sins to turn to God. But someone is coming soon, greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy to even be able to, uh, uh, that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Do you see earlier, he is talking about being baptized in water. There is a difference between a water baptism and a spirit baptism. Everybody say amen. That's what they're saying here, right? I baptize with water. Someone is coming later that will baptize in spirit. They're two things. I'm going to show you from Scripture, they are two separate things. There are five instances in the Word of God where it talks about people being saved, people receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then, secondly, separately, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I can give you all those five instances sometime after service. I'm going to show you one from Acts chapter 19, verse 1. I love this one. I think this one just says it so clearly. But it says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Now, can I give some context very quickly? They're already saved. He's asking, did you receive the Spirit when you believed? When you went through your salvation experience, did you, experience, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Do you catch this? I'm not, I'm not um, what would you call it, elaborating or maybe making it more than it is? Sticking right to Scripture. Catch this. Then what baptism did you experience? And they replied, the baptism of John. What did we just learn was the baptism of John? Water. Good. We're all on the same page. I have been baptized in water. I have the video. I was five years old. Had to stand on the pastor's foot because they didn't have a seat or a step like we've got. So the second he let go of me, I went under and swam out. I went under the water and out. At 17 years old, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Twelve years later, was I heathen? No. Was I less saved? No. Separate experience. I'm going to show it to you. Let's keep going. What baptism did you experience? Water. John. Okay. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance of sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. How far am I going? There were about 12 men in all. Separate experience. And in those five experiences, four of them 
there were tongues present, spirit language present. In the fifth one, it's argued that it was there also, but only in four of them does it talk about this spiritual language or praying in tongues. Okay, so a separate instance. People came, received Christ as their Lord and Savior, believed in, uh, in the Word of God and in Christ's way. It says this baptism was the baptism of the repentance of sins. This is water baptism. This is your salvation experience. Then separately came the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Are we together? Let me tell you, this is argued through church. I can't see how to argue it. I'm not going to argue it. I'm going to keep, well, let's continue. They didn't even know. Still believers, but without spirits, spirits baptism, Jesus' baptism. Again, I want to tell you, if this is not the way you've been taught, this is a lot to take in. I want to encourage you, dig. Do your own digging. Get in the word. Let the spirit of God confirm in you. Don't just take my word for it. I cannot live on my parents' salvation. I must live on my own. When hell shows up at my door, I don't have someone else's stuff to stand on. I must stand on my own. I must be fully equipped with the armor of God when I face my enemy. I can't allow somebody else's equipping. David tried to wear the the king's equipping, and it wouldn't work. He said, no, I'll show up with my little sling. And a few rocks, that's all I need. That is all he needed. It wasn't the sling. It wasn't the slingshot and the rocks. It was the Spirit of God. I don't need these things from the world. I have the Spirit of God. Let me go. Whew, I, can, I can feel the Holy Spirit in this place right now. Inside you is the Spirit. Confirm this yourself. So back to the beginning, changing our, literally changing our tongue to where we are not speaking our language, we are speaking the Spirit's language. It says in Scripture, as the Spirit gives utterance. That again is is sometimes confusing, thinking that that is just praying in tongues. No! I want you to know that sometimes when I face something, the Holy Spirit will give me the Word of God to speak out to the situation I'm in. That is the Spirit giving me utterance. It's not always a prayer language. It's not always something um, that I, it, sometimes it's as simple as saying no. Sometimes it's as, as simple as saying yes. It does not have to be so doggone confusing. The Spirit gives me utterance. I believe the Spirit is giving me utterance right now. The Spirit will change what I would usually say, either in English or in other ways, if I yield my tongue. It is the tongue that gets us in trouble. The second my buttons get pushed, my tongue starts moving. It's before I can even think. My tongue will start moving. If I can think, usually I can stop what I'm going to say. But sometimes my tongue takes over my body. And the things that I've said, I can't get back. Positively or negatively. I can ask for forgiveness. I can tell you I didn't mean it. 
but it's already done the damage. When in battle, we must pray in the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit have your tongue. Look in Acts chapter 2, verse 3. Then what looked like flames of tongue of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. So I am talking about letting the Holy Spirit have your tongue and being able to speak the Word of God when He gives it to you, but I will tell you, sometimes the tongue gives you something bigger than you, bigger than your understanding. And there was a time at Pentecost when they came out praying and speaking in tongues, and they were speaking foreign languages. And I've heard of uh, examples today where that happens on foreign fields, where someone that's never known the language begins to pray in another language and and is speaking directly from God to that nation. Awesome. That's such an awesome thing. Not just unknown tongues or unknown languages, even though this is part of praying in the Spirit. If we keep going, the next verse. Where am I? It's verse 4. Everyone present is filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. The Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. I'm telling you, verse 6. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed, these people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. They were praising God in foreign languages. And do you know what the people did that heard them? Even though it was incredibly amazing, what did they say? They're drunk. These lunatics just came out of church, had some kind of experience, And they're just babbling on, even though they were speaking in other languages that they could understand and were amazed by. But immediately, Satan tried to grasp it and say, hey, let's make this weird. And it's been like that forever. Spirit moves. Satan tries to take it and snatch it from you. Snatch it from the church. Snatch it from any kind of movement that God has becomes divisive, church on the hill, let the Spirit of God confirm truth in your heart and stop allowing spiritual division to happen. These enemies are strong. These enemies are warring against us spiritually. But let us hear truth. Let us have discernment. Let us be equipped with the whole armor of God so that when God moves, we know And we stand strong and we push forward. Instead, they heard it and wanted to twist it. Changing your language to line up with the Spirit of Jesus. Speaking the Word at the right time. Last week we talked about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We talked about the rhema word, the spoken word. Getting your mouth to line up, being led by the Holy Spirit, using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, in the correct context, 
at the right time. Do you know there's the right time? Do you know that Satan will even use the word of God? He'll just twist it. Look at 2 Corinthians. Why do we need to use this at the right time? I've got the wrong scripture. Give me just a second. Where are we? Right here. No. Kim, can you help me? I'm looking for 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Oh. For the weapons of our warfare are not for carnal, are not carnal, but mighty in pulling down strongholds. Casting down. It's, uh, it stinks um, to get old. I can't figure out whether to put my glasses on or to take them off. And I had somebody yell at me today, said, you're not old. Wait till you get old. No. <laughs> I'm having old issues. Cast. I want, I want you to know, this is funny, but don't check out. Your language needs to change because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The weapons of our warfare, you have weapons, your warfare. You cannot ride on someone else's warfare. Your warfare, the weapons For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You've got thoughts that are, lit, that are leading you, that are controlling you, that have you bound and captive. I want you to know that the weapons of our warfare are there to set you free from those thoughts. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to go through church motions. I want us to have victory over our thoughts. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything more powerful, powerfully negative in my life than my thoughts. There's not anybody here that's strong enough to take on God in my, to take, to take me over when I've got God in my life. I've got God in my life. There's nothing here that can take me. Nothing. But the thing that can get me is my thoughts. And I stand here trying my best to just pour myself out to make a connection. So I, I guess I'm, I'm getting a little bit on the dr drama side or emotional side to try to, to break through that stronghold of church and into the spirit of God speaking to you. Because my thoughts have such a negative impact on my life. Just yesterday, Elizabeth asked me a question, driving home, and my thoughts literally want to take me off the road. And let me tell you, God's good. I'm, I'm in a great place. I'm not in a bad place. 
But even being in a great place, your thoughts will derail you. And I don't want to go through the motions. We have just gone through the whole armor of God and I feel like we're kind of wanting to stall out again. No, I don't want to stall out. I want to go forward. Have you ever had your car stall? Sucks. Pardon my French. I don't like it. I want to go forward. My being equipped with the weapons of God, my being equipped with the tongue of the Lord, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. It's time to war God's way. Putting on the whole armor and using it. It's not enough to put it on. We put it on, then we begin to pray in the Spirit at all times. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. I'm almost done. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people will not be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Getting a prayer language, praying in the Spirit, whether it's in English or whether it's not in English, when you're not praying in English, but you're praying according to what the Holy Spirit is giving you through your prayer language or even through a, a, a prophetic gift, a, a spiritual gift of praying in tongues, you pray the perfect will of God, praying mysteries that Satan cannot understand. You have the ability. You have the ability. So as we wrap this up today, I'm going to give you one last instruction from Ephesians chapter 6. It's the, it's the last piece of this. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. He ends this entire piece of being equipped with the whole armor of God asking you to pray for your pastor and for your church. This may look like the cushiest job ever. Everybody makes fun thinking we sleep all day and come in on Sundays and then have the rest of the week off all week. And I mean, it's just hilarious. And that's okay. You know, it's okay sometimes just to think that. But we need prayer. Pastor Justin, Michelle, myself, my staff, my deacons, these new deacons coming in, we are at war. We are at war in this city. We are at war with a big church across our city and across our state, across our nation. We are at war. And we need prayer. I need prayer. The office of pastor needs prayer. Do you hear me? The Apostle Paul fully knowledgeable, fully um, equipped when it comes to education, and he is walking with the Spirit of God, read, re wrote two-thirds of the New Testament as saying, I need prayer. Church, we have got a place to go, and we must go. But it has to start with us. It has to start in our heart. 
we must individually begin to take our thoughts captive according to the Spirit of God. We must start battling and having victory by the Spirit of God. And then allow that Spirit to overflow as we go out of here. But as we end, I don't want you to leave without making a commitment to the whole armor of God. Get back in Ephesians chapter 6. Start studying righteousness and truth and the shoes to carry the good news. Faith. Start studying love. Start studying the fruits of the Spirit. Start getting to know the Lord. Start getting to know His language Show that, so that when the enemy shows up, you don't speak their language. You speak God's language. Amen? I just ask the Lord today just to penetrate your heart. And if you have never experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's time. I can lay hands on you. There are people here that can lay hands on you and just ask for it. The same way that you ask for your salvation, just asking to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is a very simple process, but a very needed one. I can tell you, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in my shower. No bells and whistles, nothing happened. I just asked for it. And he did it. I received by faith. The water didn't shut off. It didn't turn some weird colors. I didn't lay in the floor and do something weird. But he filled me. It's real. Jesus came to baptize you in spirit. Water baptism is a baptism of repentance of sin. It's the the, uh, image of the dead man going into the grave and the new man coming out. But do you know that when Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit ascended on him. So I just want to encourage you, if that's something that you desire, come up. We're going to open the altars at the end of service. We want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Don't miss this. It's so good. Let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just come against any type of wrong teaching, And I just ask for truth. I'm not trying to claim that my teaching's right. Lord, we need your spirit. We need truth. We need the spirit of Christ and the mind of Christ to give us truth as we may have spiritual strongholds, religious strongholds, trying to hold on right here. In Jesus' name, I ask you to break every religious stronghold and every religious spirit, that we would be open to the spirit of God and that we would begin to pray by your spirit, in your spirit. Because Lord, when I face my enemies and if I'm not praying by your spirit, I'm losing. Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for mercy and for grace. I just praise your holy name. You are so good. We just worship you.